This is Jerem with episode 13 of More Life. Today, Self-Worth Sam and I talk about self-worth, no shocker, the concept of support and challenge, the different kinds of challenges individuals face at different stages of their lives, and imposter syndrome. Self-Worth Sam is a trained educator and performer who adapted his training to help people to improve their self-awareness, interpersonal skills, and team contribution. He works with people to achieve their personal and professional goals. His mission is to empower leaders and professionals across all industries, markets and sectors to dissolve imposter syndrome so they can lead more effectively, confidently and authentically. At More Life, we explore questions such as how can we feel more alive and how can we create more aliveness around us from a variety of perspectives. If that's something for you, Join all the others and subscribe. Sam, welcome to the show. And I want to start with the question, how do we create more life? Well, thank you for inviting me to the show, Joram. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. How do I create more life? Do what you love doing and find the thing that gives you energy and try to do more of that. If I could summarize it even more, I would say, clarify your highest values hmm. and then orchestrate your life around those values. And what I mean by values are the things that are most important to you, your priorities in life, and really take time to figure out what are the top one, two, three values in your life, in what area of your life. For me, it's education. And spirituality. Now, when I say spirituality, I mean purpose and meaning, the thing that I want to devote my life to doing, which is contributing to other people's self-worth. And so mm -hmm. I, I think, what activities can I do to help fulfill that highest value? Well, I can read books. I can teach. I can create books. I can go on podcasts like this. I can share my message. And mm -hmm. that helps me to raise my spirits. It, it, it gives me enthusiastic feelings. And I think that creates life for me. And I get to share that with other people so that it starts uh, wakening up ideas for them. So they go, hmm, maybe I could do the same sort of thing. It's a, hmm. a simple, practical approach. It's like define what is most important to you. Like, a word or an activity and, and go after that with enthusiasm. That's mm. how I create life. So for you, does it give you energy when you notice that the activities are related to that, connected with that? Uh, <clears throat> absolutely. When I say, okay, my highest value is education, which is I love learning and teaching what I learn. So anytime there's an activity or something in my schedule where I get to learn or teach, I'm auto automatically more inspired or intrinsically motivated to do it and show up. And if it's something that doesn't, that I perceive doesn't fulfill my high values, I'm going to re require external motivation to do it. Mm -hmm. Or I have to try and list reasons of how doing that activity is going to help me fulfill my highest value. And right. then you can take a task that you don't really like 
and link it to your highest values. And if you can't do that, delegate it to somebody else. Yeah. Give it to somebody else who is inspired to do it. That's really nice. You made me think of how it is for me, especially with this piece on education. And reflecting, I actually see the exact same thing, that when I teach and when I learn, that I just like doing it. Like, okay, the, the context matters a little bit. If I'm, for example, under time pressure, I don't enjoy it that much. Uh, but if I, in my own time, read something or, or, or investigate something, learn something new, that there's just this curiosity that drives me and gives me energy. And same thing, I I love teaching and it gives me energy to teach, especially if it's something like even especially if the topic is also something that I'm passionate about. Yeah. I feel that you feel the same. For example, if if someone says we want you to teach these people about um cars or sport i'm not going to be inspired by that mm -hmm. really i'll be like eh, it's a bit of a stretch because as much as i think cars are cool especially vintage cars and as much as i love sports in general i really don't give a shit about those two topics if i'm just going to be honest right and so if someone says can you go and teach these people about it i'll be like well i could do it but it's not going to really light me up But if someone mm. says, we want you to go and teach philosophy, Eastern mysticism, or we want you to teach personal growth or business or finance, I'm like, where do I sign up? Mm -hmm. I'm already yeah. designing how I will uh, <laughs> deliver it. And I go, who am I talking to? All right, cool. What's the space look like? And I'm already rehearsing. And it's, just, it's my natural inclination. And, and you probably have natural inclinations for different topics or passions as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's funny because when you say you're already going into okay, who's the audience? Where's the, where am I going to speak? <laughs> I I'm the same. <laughs> yeah, I, I the, think we all have these. Up. We have these. Uh, when you notice that, that's when you know that you're doing an activity that is fulfilling your highest value, mm. and our identity revolves around our highest value. So for me, it's, I'm a teacher. That's my, mm -hmm. my identity revolves around education. It's obvious, right? And a professional speaker or an author. So these identities revolve around education. And then when I know who I am, or when I know my values, I know who I am. That's the formula. Know your values and you will know who you are. And that's powerful and freeing. And now you make this connection. Can you make the connection for us to self-worth as well? Yeah. So when you uh, know your values and you might have some long-term vision, goals, plans, break those goals and plans down into daily achievable tasks and put them in a checklist like one two or three achievable things one is best and mm -hmm. check it off at the end of the day and your self-worth goes up hmm. self-worth really comes down to a checklist have i done 
things that have helped me fulfill my highest purpose or not. Hmm. And so here's the saying, which I, uh, I'm going to share from one of my mentors, Dr. John Martini, human behavioral uh, specialist. He says, don't compare yourself to other people. Compare your daily actions to your hierarchy of values. That way you can't ever really minimize yourself and say, oh, I'm not as good as this person, which minimizes our self-worth. Instead, you compare yourself to a list of values which you've chosen go did i do something to move towards that or not and if you did there's a feeling of self-worth growing growing in you like yeah i mm. did something today that i wanted to do so that's right. that's my self-worth definition for you and and the process nice so define the values uh make them in some way practical break them down I imagine with some flexibility uh, and then have something to focus on every day and make sure that that is not too much. And then, yeah, let, I mean, imagine it's a book. A lot of people mm. want to write a book or some people want to learn another language or they want to travel to another country. You, you and I can talk about the joy of traveling, but if mm. it's a, we want to write a book that's for some people, if they're doing it for the first time, they might say, I really want to learn a book, uh, write a book. Okay, great. What's the what's the sort of the 10 steps towards that? And you go, well, you've got to plan it. You've got to write it. You've got to publish it. You've got to learn. That's the basic phases, if you could break it down, right? Now mm -hmm. break down the planning. Now mm -hmm. break it down to the book design. Now what are the chapters? And you break it down into small things. And then you go, okay, today. I'm just going to work on the cover design, hmm. just the cover design. And you go, okay, I'm going to maybe spend a few days on that. And if you make a little bit of progress, you can feel a little bit of progress or growth in self-worth because hmm. you were fulfilling a high value, which was to write a book, moving towards it. If it's so traveling, you know, you might do a, a budget. Okay, how much is this going to cost me? Where do I want to go? Stuff that you mm. can achieve in a short amount of time to say that activity helped me move towards the end result. Right. Yeah. And now with the, with the example of, you know, making a cover design, for example, then it would be a daily goal of spending X hours on the design or how would yeah, you Yeah, I mean, do you it? might just block out time. You might say, All right, I'm going to spend one hour looking at other book covers and go on, oh, get ideas, brainstorm. I like mm. that book cover. I like that one. And yeah, a brainstorming phase. Maybe you have no idea about design and you might have to find somebody to, to design it. There's one step. Maybe mm. you know how to use some publishing stuff like Adobe InDesign, or maybe you know uh, Canva.com or other online publishing you know, uh, web tools. You go, okay, mm. I'm going to start to play around with a design and a, a title, get a photo, you know, just the simple stuff, just step by step. Mm. And for some people that can be, a, that's their big steps because they might not have ever done it before. And so their self-worth will, you know, have a little, uh, it'll peak. Mm. And you say, I, I did something today. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
a couple of questions come up for me. One is, I so um I started writing my own book, and right. it was something very spontaneous. I already knew for you know I had that I had the idea. I didn't plan anything, but I had the idea of writing a book. It came to me, I think, somewhere late last year, twenty twenty. Uh, 2022 um what the title was what the what the different chapters were and then uh in in march 23 i just sat down one evening and was like okay let me start writing and then you know four hours later there i was with a bunch of text <laughs> and that felt really really good but it was not yeah. something that i had planned sometimes planning doesn't have to be part of it in fact the the very fact that you were spontaneous with it is a, is meeting the criteria of that's something that is inspiring to you. You mm. naturally are disciplined, intrinsically motivated. No one needed to remind you to do it. You didn't even need yeah. to plan. You just were like, let's go. Yeah. And so inspiration is is spontaneous action. When you are inspired and in alignment with your highest values, you act spontaneously and you don't doubt it. You're most mm -hmm. resilient, you're most creative, and you're most focused. Like, let's do it. Let's go. Yeah. You don't have to ask for permission. There's no fear. I'm guessing when you were writing it, you were enjoying it and you got energy from it. Absolutely. And dare I say, was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Time just flew by and I was like, oh, it's time to go to bed already. All right. <laughs> do I have to go to bed or do I want to keep going? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've, um, I've had moments like this as well where I will sit there and I actually practice this. I call it energized enthusiasm. Hmm. How do you get yourself into that state where your mind just goes, it makes the decision and you, it all makes sense. You're like, go do that. Start doing that. And mm. it can take a moment to quieten the mind of all the noise. Yeah. And then you go, okay, mind, what is the one thing that would be most inspiring for me to do right now to move towards fulfilling my highest value? And then shut up and let your mind and your heart speak to you. Mm -hmm. And it's uncanny or synchronistic, however you want to perceive it, how the heart and the intuition will just go, go do this. Mm -hmm. This is incredible yeah. wisdom if you stop and listen or ask. It's true. It's true. It's important for me to have those moments of, well, perhaps not having anything scheduled in my day or having scheduled that I don't do anything in particular and then kind of intentionally allow inspiration to arrive if it does arrive if not then you know i probably still have a list that i can check off yeah do you find that um when you want to be creative or do you find if you could look at the creative process that there is a there's sometimes planning and then there's working on it trying to work out things figure things out and before you get the answer or you get something there's a period where you actually have to stop 
and sleep on it and say, you know, what? I'm going to go and clean the room or cook something or walk around the, the street and think about something completely different to forget. And then the epiphany comes. Absolutely. I have that a lot with uh, design work. So it's, it's not part of my job, but I, I really enjoy designing. Uh, so, you know, be it a website or, or something like that. And I get dragged into it so easily that I spend hours there without any thinking. I just do, 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 design, design here and there. And, oh, let me do this. Let me do that. I mean, that. but I noticed that I can get frustrated if I don't have breaks in between. So I know that having breaks, they can be short. It can be just a couple of minutes. Um helps me to zoom out and then let go and then come back in. And then I'm I'm looking at it. I'm like, I just really spend one hour on this tiny detail that doesn't really matter for the design after all. Mm. And that helps me see wh what is it that I actually want to create? What, what do I want to be the outcome? And for that, what do I need to spend my time on? Especially, you know, when I, have let's say just one day to do something or half a day then it is important to keep that in mind and and taking the breaks helps me stay connected with the bigger picture and you mentioned something that is slightly different at least it sounded slightly different which is having new insights and there are i would i would say that for me it's kind of the same thing or that this is the same way that i allow them to happen, which is taking breaks, no matter whether it's a couple of minutes or if it's sleeping over it or, you know, doing a different activity. Yeah. The aha moments where you're like, oh, I know what I want to call my book or I want to know uh, what goes here in the design. Yeah. It's good for us. I, I like to put on some music and, and jump around the house for a minute or two. Get the mm -hmm. blood going. That usually helps. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Well, the the title, I'm not gonna not gonna share it yet, but the title and the chapters for my book, they just they just sprung up into my mind. They were just there cool. one moment. I was like, oh, let me write this down. All right. Good. Yeah. Cool. I will come back to those in a couple of months. Nice. Hmm. What what uh what um are you going to give me the topic of the subject or any hints on the book or is it completely secret? It is. So I give What's you some the... high level. Incubating. It's, it is incubating. Yeah. <laughs> some high it level. Is yeah. It is about how we look at life. So Beautiful. it has, it has like a philosophical piece um personal development piece uh the way i look at it it really looks at societies as well so that i can share already well good luck then <laughs> thank you yeah all right so I, I i said that i had a couple of questions coming up and another one was now ideally my self-worth is not bound to me checking off boxes on a checklist. So what do I do 
what what's the best way to respond when at the end when at the end of the day I look at my list and I say like shit I didn't do anything. You move them across to the next day, and you say which one of these is the most important that is going to leverage my time the most that is achievable mm-hmm. that if I did it and attempted or completed it would move me towards that and just choose just do one one thing rather than a whole list Mm -hmm. because if you have a whole list and nothing's done self-worth will go down and you'll start to beat yourself up and you'll go into overwhelm so just choose one achievable task that you could fit into your schedule whatever it is that's that's the way you do it. It sounds very practical and very straight to the point. Like, don't debate about how you feel now. Just, you know, put it to the next day and that's it. Tomorrow we'll see. Yep. Yep. Hmm. I try to keep things practical. Well, I try to connect heaven to earth, so to speak. And when I say heaven to earth, I mean the conceptual down to the practical. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, I remind myself of my my big vision, which is, you know, up here of like maybe five, ten years, fifty years down the track, and go, how, what would I like to contribute to life and all of those things, and then how, what one little thing can I be doing every couple of days, or are there a a group of activities that I can be doing regularly? that moved me towards that over time. And you start to find your own flow, your own rhythm. And rather than thinking, oh, I didn't complete that task today and beating yourself up, you say, that's okay. Let's move it tomorrow. Time is on my side. I'm mm-hmm. in this for the long term. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. rather than chasing success, be a man or woman on a mission. Mm-hmm. How important would you say is it to bring back that vision of the future? Well, I refine mine every quarter. I have a over here framed, printed out my vision and my mission statement, framed it here. And I'll look at it every quarter and refine it, make a new copy and tweak it. But I'm reading it every few days and I'm Hmm. memorizing it trying to memorize it so that it's in here. And I find that, yeah, I'll modify a few things along the way. And it's good to check in, go, is that really what I want? That's yeah. a, a really worthwhile activity of reflection. Is that what I really want? Does that really light me up? Because we we change, we have life experiences, we meet new people, and we have influences from the books we read, the podcasts we listen to. But refining, ever refining your vision and your mission in a statement, a written statement, because you take it from the mental to the concrete, like it's actually ink on the page. Mm -hmm. That's one more step to manifest it, right? Then you look at that and say, okay, let's make some goals. Let's make some uh, achievable tasks and put it into the calendar and then Mm -hmm. do it. And if you can break that down, it reduces overwhelm and procrastination and you're more likely to progress. Mm. 
so you have you have done the reflection to define your mission for how, how many years in the future? Well, I see it as a, a 100 year vision. Like if I, I'm 43 now, I'd like to live beyond a hundred. I think it's mm -hmm. entirely possible. So that's another 60 years I've got or 57. So it, it's at least a 57 year vision because I have no intention of retiring. I think retirement is an outdated approach to life. I'm dedicated to serving people and I want to learn and teach until the day I die. I'm inspired mm -hmm. by it and I can't but help do those things. Why would I want to stop? Which inspired me to build a business, to build a brand and go, okay, let's, let's go and contribute to the world in the best way I know. And then maybe after I'm gone, the things that I've contributed to will continue to give value to people. And that is, that's a nice feeling. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So it's really long-term for you. And then you look at it again every quarter to see if anything has changed and then adapt it, update yeah, it. Do I, do I really want that? Is that, yeah. is that still what I want? Does it happen a lot? I'd say every quarter, I'm just tweaking a few things. Every year, there's a, a lot more changes. Mm. Takes about a year for you to go, yeah, it's kind of going that way a bit more. And yeah, it's interesting. You find it like we were talking before we about exercise and yoga. It's like some, day, some days you do it, some days you don't. And I don't feel any disgrace if I don't do it because hmm. I know I'll get back to it. And so with the vision and the mission vision and the mission, if I change it, I know I'm kind of finding my track, my groove and I'm, I'm on track. The track might go this way and it's like, Oh, well, it actually needs to come back this way. You find out your limits or you find out how you want to express your authenticity, express your being, um, you know, where you want to go in the world, what lights you up. I think it's a really uh, enriching process to reflect on what you really want. And mm -hmm. if you find something that you, that you originally w thought you wanted to do, but then you think, actually, that's not me. Change it. Yeah. Simple. For example, mm -hmm. I was um, about a year or two ago, I was like, I'm going to build a membership subscription site. I was like, yep, let's do it. And I tried it for a few months and then I just went, actually, no, I, I, I was not into it then. Hmm. I just dropped the idea and, and focused on individual coaching and speaking and workshops rather hmm. than people paying for something uh, like a subscription. Still yeah. a good idea, but it's just not where I'm at right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important to, stay flexible and, and pay attention to the here and now and what makes sense in the here and now it's and and not be um not be affected by the bright shiny syndrome you yeah. know you go oh wow look at that's new oh wow look at that's new i want to do and it's like no 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 if you're being distracted by the bright shiny things they're not your values 
Mm-hmm. Your values have a an essence of long term to them. They sort of have a link, a thread. But if you're finding yourself going, oh wow, I want to now go into this, and now oh no, I want to go into this. It's like you don't really know your values. That's my experience with mm-hmm. myself and with other people. The more you know your values, the more you're going to stay within a certain range of activities. And you'll know that's not me, that is me. I've become aware that I do get distracted by shiny new ideas and concepts and modalities. And I look at, oh, wow, this this could be, you know, uh, an, another angle on personal development, another angle on healing. And it's it's usually that I, Either I stop myself immediately or I go into it a little bit and then I notice like it's the same fucking thing. Like it 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 all comes in the end, it all comes down to the same thing for me. Uh, at at least, you know, I, it's kind of like this plateau. And I see this plateau, and it's like everything I read points towards that. And until I've done the work to be on the plateau, there's not really it, it seems to me like there's not really much else that I need to read or learn right now it's just you know i have to apply the things to get there i have to walk the steps up to that plateau yeah i think you don't want to hit a plateau uh i Hmm. like the idea of this nice gentle steady growing and expanding a plateau i think can be um can be stagnation it can be stuckness uh so i don't really think there's the goal that's the plateau i want to get to i think well there's lots of plateaus along the way or milestones Mm -hmm. and as i reach one i'm like great next one i want the next challenge the next challenge the next challenge and i think that's the joy of life yeah not not the best word choice maybe it would be better to call it a viewpoint or something the next viewpoint and it doesn't matter like it's it's not relevant for me to expose myself to information that is beyond getting to the next one because that's the next one and i don't have Mm. to worry about what's after it not yet yeah yeah and i think every age has you we go through a different there's a different theme say from 20 to 25 25 to 30, you know, maybe in every five year gaps, there's like a theme to everyone's life, uh, like a task or mm. a challenge in all areas of life. Like if you're 25 to 30, there's going to be the challenge of career, relationships, finances. And then as you get to 30 to 35, still the same kind of challenges, but some of those challenges have been taken care of. Yeah. And they're not so challenging anymore, but there's now new ones that you are ready for. And I find we always seem to get the challenge that we are ready for mm-hmm. and that we are capable of rising to those challenges, even though that we might perceive them to be insurmountable. Mm-hmm. But I think life is set up in a way to give us just the right amount of challenge and just the right amount of support. And you you want to be there. That's that's where the juice is. That's the zone. 
That's where the life is. Yeah. So if you want to know how to create life, like you asked before, um, you want an equal amount of challenges and support. Mm-hmm. If you have too much support, you're sheltered and you slow down and you kind of depurpose. You know, you're like, well, I've got all the support. I can clock out. But if you have too much challenge, you can think, oh, this is too hard. I'm going to give up. So you want to be right in the middle there where you can say, I'm, I appreciate the challenge and I appreciate the support. Keep going. I really like that balance of support and challenge. I've never thought of it before like that. It's also realistic. Like life is going to throw you curveballs and it's also going to throw you cheer squads and people that do support you. So at the end of each day, you can say what challenged me, what supported me and be Mm. thankful for both. Yeah. And then you hit gratitude and you can, what you, what is it? Martini says what you think about and thank about you bring about. Hmm. This is beautiful, isn't it? What you think about and think about you bring about. So at the end of it, each day say, I'm, I thank the challenges and I thank the support. Mm-hmm. And you keep bringing that. That's nice. Instead of bitching I, and moaning. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious when you, when you talk about, different challenges that we all face and and potentially them being loosely tied to age. Is that also something that you found in your interest in your reading and studying Eastern mysticism? Um, Not specifically Eastern mysticism. Um, I actually have read a book called Phases which Hmm. is the um, spiritual um, challenges of adult life. I can't remember the guy's name, but he was a sociologist or a social worker. And he worked with many people throughout his life of different ages. And he recognized threads for each age group and the particular task for people's lives. And I think he got it down to like, each phase was anywhere between three to seven years, roughly. I mean, it's still a a big period of time, but he noticed certain themes. And so uh, because I'm 43, I know that, well, I study my own age a lot, of course, that Mm -hmm. people enter the forties and they, and they hit a crossroads where they feel like they have to make a big decision. Do I keep going the same way or do I go into the unknown what do I do here? And so people have to um, make a choice or what values are going to inspire me for the second half of my life, even though I have accumulated a lot of success and fulfilled a lot of my values in the past, like family, career, house, all of these things. But if you go back to, I love this one. My favorite one is actually uh, 27, 28, 29. So this is a big, important part of a person's life. In my opinion, it was for me. Mm-hmm. As a person approaches 30, they go through a test. It feels like a heavy weight of, of I've got to do everything before I hit 30. You know, many people think that I've got to get married. I've got to buy the house. I've got to be successful. And, you know, we have the pressures. That's the symptom of the test the test of time 
And hmm. it's interesting that um, it's normally called Saturn's return in the theme of astrology, which is a, a beautiful pseudoscience, in my opinion. It's more like art. But Saturn, the planet Saturn, takes 29 and a half years to go around the sun once. Hmm. So from the time you're born to your 29 and a half year, Mm-hmm. Saturn's done one lap of the sun and Saturn was ruled by Kronos, the Lord of time in Greek mythology, Kronos. Okay. Right. And so as Saturn comes back around, you feel the weight or the tide of Kronos and Kronos is this old wise man moving slowly through space and comes with a weight of reassess how you use your time, hmm. reassess who you spend it with, and how you want to spend it as you progress into your 30s. And many people try to ignore it. I don't want to deal with that. Or they panic. But if you use it to your advantage and say, okay, what things need to go? And how do I want to refine my life time-wise? You will use it to your best advantage and you'll come through the test and pass. And you refine your being and you refine how you use your time as you move into your 30s. And that's just that period of time. I have to check out that book. <laughs> yeah, phases. I'll, I'll send you a link. Sure. Cool. I'll put it in the description as well. It's very interesting for me. And I'm, I'm reflecting as you say that I'm 31. So I... Well, I am biased. and. I fool myself with my thinking, but when I look back, I think, and I, I use the think here delib- the the word think here deliberately. I think that I did not feel as much pressure as perhaps other people, and I'm I'm pretty lucky about that. I'm pretty happy about that because, well, other challenges did come up for me, for us, uh, my partner and me, and. I think it was navigating that a lot. And still the same kind of theme comes comes back. It's like, who are the people that I want to surround myself with? What what are the things that I want to spend time on? What are the things that I mm. don't want to spend time on? And you start to get better at it. Yeah. Yeah. I have the feeling I do. You're more ruthless. You say like, whereas before you were sentimental, ah, I should keep that friend. Or I should keep that job. But then you get into your 30s and you're like, no time. I don't have time for that. You know, I don't, uh-huh. nobody got time for this. Well, and energy. then as you progress, yeah. And then as you move towards 36, uh, there's another experience of, okay, let's, let's really go big with whatever your mission is. I, th- I think that's when mission starts to be play an important role. Like, okay. I know how I want to spend my time, who, where, all of that. Now let's let's put the accelerate on. Let's let's mm-hmm. be entrepreneurial. Let's expand. Let's let's put myself in the limelight a bit more. And that that's the next phase that I would uh, predict for people moving towards thirty six. Mm-hmm. I can see some traces of that in my life already, so I'm gonna get ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think if you are if you are aware of it, 
you can use it to your advantage. It doesn't affect you as much. Hmm. So if you know it's coming, you go, all right, might as well go with it, right? Run, then resist. If you yeah. resist, it's going to come back and yeah. hit you when you don't want it to. And yeah. yeah, go with the natural tides. What you resist persists. Nice way of saying it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cool. Nice. Now, I, I usually ask my guests another question, which is how do I create more aliveness around me for the people around me, the community around me? What's your take on that? Clarify your values. Create your vision statement that connects to a cause that contributes to an ever-growing amount of people. Hmm. Choose a cause that you're devoted and dedicated to and focus like on that one cause more than anything else and solve a problem or assist other people in some way just with that one specific thing. And you, you will create like for me, self-worth and specifically imposter syndrome. Hmm. So a few years ago, I just thought that's what I want to study and teach the most and contribute to other people and thought, well, there's plenty of people in the world who need it. Yeah. So go be that guy. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Then I have one last question which is probably going to be a short one as well. What's the best change you've recently implemented in your life? I actually read a book recently called The X Factor by mm -hmm. Yamini Naidu, an Indian woman who is a business storyteller. The book is called mm -hmm. X Factor. And I, I, I spoke to her at the Professional Speakers Association conference here in Melbourne, Australia, a couple of weeks ago, she was giving a workshop on defining your X factor as a speaker, but you could apply it to many other real roles. And it's essentially creating a, a statement about who you are, your uniqueness. Hmm. And I guess it's a way of branding yourself and marketing yourself in a, as a statement so that it is catchy to other people so that it creates curiosity. And so I created this new statement. You want to hear it? Yeah. So I already had self-worth Sam, imposter syndrome expert. That's what I had for the last couple of years. I've tweaked it. still self-worth Sam. Now it is the world's only trance DJ turned human beatboxing imposter syndrome samurai <laughs> which is all true i've been a trance dj specifically uh psychedelic trance for many years i love djing i've dj'd alongside some pretty cool side trance artists and i have run human beatboxing workshops in the past and i i beatbox all the time whenever i'm teaching it's it's quite a cool party chick right mm -hmm. and and i solve imposter syndrome like a samurai mm. and i have a, a little bit of background in studying uh, ninjutsu and uh, samurai art so it just is uniquely me wow. and it actually brought me alive but it's tweaked 
and it enhanced my brand. Yeah. So that's a change that I've done just from reading uh, Yumini's book. Really cool. Sounds like it really yeah. captures you. Yeah. And she's got a, this beautiful process in the book to help people find words and activities and their history and their heritage and things that make them uniquely them and then how to craft those words together into a, a succinct statement that is mm -hmm. unique and fun and provides value to who's reading it. Yeah. Well, you've given me and the audience already two books to check out. If we want to learn more about your writing and what you do, how can we best go about that? Selfworthsam.com. Selfworthsam.com. Or you can go to Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook at Selfworthsam. Mm -hmm. And there's a free online course to break the cycle of imposter syndrome. You can find my books. Uh, that's also on Amazon. It's called How to Beat Imposter Syndrome and Be Confident. There's, um, and people can book a call with me if they want to work with me. Just go to the same website and, mm -hmm. yeah, they're very easy to find. Cool. Yeah, it's a it's a name, an artist name that is easy to remember. That helps. Yeah. Cool. Well. Sam, I want to thank you so much for having this conversation. It was really great having just this flowing back and forth. And it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Jerome, it's, uh, you're very welcome. And I also thank you for inviting me onto the show. It's been good fun. Thank you for listening. If you got something out of this episode, share that with your friends or colleagues, or even with me by sending a message on my socials. Subscribe to get notified about new episodes and leave a rating or comment in your app to help others find more life. If you have requests for future topics or suggestions for fitting guests, email me at joram at emergetoprosper.com. In the next episode, Candice Wu and I will talk about the importance of expressing and processing emotions, particularly resentment, intergenerational emotional baggage, and healing. Thanks again and hopefully until next time.